Welcome to the Anonymous Movie Podcast with your hosts, Jane Doe. And Joe Doe, no relation. We're two Hollywood insiders who want to talk shit and shop about movies without pissing anyone off. On our journey as screenwriters, we asked ourselves, what makes a movie meaningful? And in this podcast, we'll explore the answer. By watching some of our all-time favorite movies and some of yours, we'll delve into what makes a movie great and why. So break out some popcorn. And grab some raisinettes. Because this is the Anonymous Movie Podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody. This is our first and foremost uh, podcast, the Anonymous Movie Podcast, number one. I am Joe, as you heard before, joined by Jane. Hi, Jane. It's so funny because you said number one, like we're the number one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the number one episode, okay? It's the first episode in our whole series. Right, which is the number one ever for us. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's our number one, and we are number one. So that I guess it, it does work out. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anywho, how, how are you doing, Jane? How's life? How's quarantine treating you? Um, well, I'm currently eating yogurt in bed talking to you. Uh, fabulous. I am mm-hmm. eating nothing, but I am also in bed. Uh, oh. It amazing how we can make a podcast in bed. I love it. I mean, podcast from bed, you know, that's the future. Right? <laughs> that's so, a new normal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the new normal. Podcast from bed. Yeah. Um, so, um, as you heard in our intro, which can I just say, we both spent like two hours trying to make. Um, this is true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We uh, are movie lovers, we're movie insiders, and, um, and we just really want to dig into, like, why a movie is good. So uh, we kind of decided what we need to do is, is go into some of our favorites and hopefully into some of your favorites, and we're going to unpack them and, and figure out why, why, why they're great. Just some background on both of us. We went to film school together, and the truth is we've been studying film, well, film, yeah, we've been studying film, but we've actually been focused, very focused on screenwriting the past five years, and the honest truth is that I've learned more in the last five years teaching my own damn self than any anything film school taught me. Right, um, so. especially, especially when it comes to writing, and I think for both of us, mm-hmm. I, I think the way we learned best was by watching movies that we loved and trying to understand why they worked. Um, and we ended up just having all these very long, uh, interesting conversations. And we thought this would be a fun thing to share. Um, I mean, look, there might be some other nerds out there like us who are really, really interested in why stuff works and why it doesn't. So, I mean, look, if, there, I, if I found this podcast, I would want to listen in, but you know, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So anyway, we uh, we decided to go with Pleasantville as our uh, first movie uh, choice. Our first movie analysis. Our first deep dive. Our um, first, yeah. We uh, we've both seen it. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a while, I'd say, for 
both of us. I think I've seen it more recently than you, though, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, yeah, but either way, uh, we both showed it to friends of ours who hadn't seen it. Yeah. Uh, that, that was fun and always, uh, I think, I don't know. I don't know about you, Jane, but, like, for me, showing a movie, of, uh, especially, like, one I really love, to people I haven't seen, it almost makes it feel like I'm watching it for the first time. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I'll have to, um, I'll have to think about that more when I'm watching a movie for the first time with, with someone. Right. Because I I do really care about how they responded to it after, you know? Right. Yeah. I guess like during, I'm always thinking, oh, I wonder what they're thinking of this right now, you know, and like sort of trying to imagine viewing it through their eyes. Uh, well, I definitely am thinking about whether or not they're enjoying it. You know? Right. 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 Because look, it is an older movie. Like, what? When did it come out? 96? I want to say 96 or 97. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so, yeah. So it came out like a while ago. And when I'm watching like an old. I mean, air quote, old movie like that. Um, I'm always a little bit nervous that whoever I'm showing it to, because the pacing of movies is so fast now that they're going to get bored. Right. But I mean, I remember that being a question when we went into it from another person that we watched it with. But I was like, no, the pacing is great in this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's so much going on. It's so engaging. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just very engaging. Every Every turn of the way. There's not, there's no like, part in the movie where you're like hmm, I wish this could speed up I get it let's keep moving right. forward you know I don't think there's there's that in the movie at all I think the pacing's great it's funny actually that was one of the things and before we'd like fully dive in I will say I, I agree like I noticed immediately when I was watching I was like wow this movie is actually really really pacey it's like jumping from scene to scene like I was I was surprised mm-hmm. um, but it I mean never never for a moment does it not work um mm-hmm. it's it's really good but before we before we do a, a, our deep dive into it and, and start to give our thoughts let's just do a quick um synopsis mm-hmm. of what the what the movie's about you want to you want to do it for us jane or you want me to do it well i'll tell you this i can read right from wikipedia <laughs> okay hit us okay So high schoolers David and his twin sister Jennifer lead very different lives. Jennifer is shallow, popular, and outgoing, while the introverted David spends most of his time watching Pleasantville, a black-and-white 1950s sitcom about the idyllic Parker family. One evening, while their mother is away, David and Jennifer fight over the television, breaking the remote control. A mysterious... Oh, God, this is, like... This is real, real. (laughs) This is, like... New time. Like a full... A this is like a, a beat by beat. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I need to read a novel here. I'd prefer not to. I mean, that's fair. I mean, basically, ultimately, if you haven't seen the movie, it's about um, two 90s teens who are pretty different. They're siblings. They're twins. Uh, one is really popular. One is a nerd who just loves this 50s TV show called Pleasantville. Um, and... Uh, they have a divorced mom and just, yeah, they live in, they live in the nineties. The movie sort of sets up that the nineties is um, a time of worry. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on the rise, the environment's breaking down. 
Nobody's uh, going to have jobs in 20 no, years. Yeah, nobody's going to have jobs, how right they were. There's <laughs> going to be lots of STDs, you know? Yeah, basically, it's just like a very poor outlook on life. They have a divorced mom who, like, is kind of frazzled and, and like, very uh, exhausted. And, I and, think, un- and kind of uninvolved, right? With yeah, both of yeah, like a little bit uninvolved. The, and She's the son, more I think, interested in going away with her boyfriend for the weekend. R- correct. And the son, I think he, uh, he seeks solace in this um, perfect little place called Pleasantville on TV. Meanwhile, his yeah. sister seeks solace in trying to be the most popular girl in school and hooking up with the hottest guy. And on this night... They uh, crash into each other, basically, because they she's having a date with this guy and he's coming over to watch a concert on MTV. And he wants to watch uh, 12 hours of Pleasantville because they have a marathon and they're having a competition that he wants to enter. So uh, they fight over the remote. Uh, the remote breaks. A mysterious guy comes and fixes the remote. Uh he asks Bud a bunch of, I mean, he asked David a bunch of questions about Pleasantville. Uh, David gets them all right. He's really impressed. He gives him a secret special remote and the, the kids continue fighting and bam, right into Pleasantville they go. Um, yeah, I mean, but such a fun, imaginative premise. I mean, you know, it's not like we grew up watching Leave it to Beaver or any of those, but we're aware of those shows. Exactly. And it's like, Right. I mean, that would be like if we freaking change the channel and somehow uh, we're a part of Full House. Right, right, exactly. Because, uh, I mean, what, Leave it to Beaver was probably around 30 years before the 90s, right? Or, yeah, I guess almost 40, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess it would be like us going to, like, who's the boss? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so... They uh, land up in this place. The sister is mortified because her date is ruined and now she's in Nerdsville. Um, Yeah. And the... And David is, is like, a little bit freaked out, but he's kind of, like, curious. And I'd say, like, even a little excited, excited, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, like, pretty obvious that David uses his, like, his watching, his obsession with Pleasantville is kind of escapism for him you know like he doesn't want to deal with um his own problems in his own life and so when he gets to pleasantville or when he becomes a part of the show as the parents perfect son i mean i i think he he does he's really excited to be there you know he's excited to have a perfect life at least in this world it's a little bit of a dream come true yeah so um he basically convinces his sister to play along just don't mess with their world and uh, and he'll get them home basically, but I think in the meanwhile he's going to like live it up and really enjoy this experience. Um, unfortunately for him, his sister has other ideas, uh, and uh, discovers that she uh, that one of the main characters played by Paul Walker, I forget what his name is in the, in the movie, mm-hmm. um, but uh, basically that he's got a thing for her, and she's like, uh, "Damn." I'm 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 in. I mean, who wouldn't be in if Paul Walker was into you? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, anywho, she um ends up teaching Paul Walker how to be not so um PG and uh in so doing 
really alters the world and colors start appearing. Right. And uh, basically through the movie, uh, I'd guess the, the, the most summation way of saying it is innocence is lost and color starts to appear. And the more color starts to appear, the less pleasant, quote unquote, the world becomes. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the movie or the movie, the, the show Pleasantville is done in black and white. Right. Oh, yes. We did neglect to mention that. <laughs> Yeah, the the whole show is in black and white. So color, pops of color for them. It, it's it's almost like a, a disease has struck their town. Right, right. You know? Yeah, like everything is not the way it normally is. And they they live in a town where, um, firstly, the town is the only thing that exists in the world, and secondly, yes. um, they've never lost a basketball game. They've never seen a fire. They've never seen rain. They like they know of these things, but they're not real to them. I mean, they're basically living living in a, a garden of Eden where everything is absolutely perfect. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Just like perfect all the time, and then these two come in and sort of really um, turn Take it up. everything upside down. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a very deep and and meaningful story. Uh, at the end of the day. And obviously I don't want to give away the end, although I'm assuming if you're going to listen to a deep dive on the podcast, um, uh, then, then you probably don't care about spoilers. Look, um, before we say any spoilers, spoilers, we'll say something like earmuffs. Right. Or spoilers ahead. Or spoilers ahead. <laughs> so, all right, well then how about we do this? Spoilers ahead. Uh, the movie comes to a conclusion uh, with, uh, with basically the whole town turning to color, after after almost becoming, going through like a mini uh, version of American history where there is um, racism against colors, people of color, quote unquote, actual color, technicolor. <laughs> Yes, uh, technical. Vibrant, bold colors. Right. And, uh, and you know, and trying to ban books and all sorts of things like this. Um, but uh, ultimately, the town progresses. And, um, and what's really fun and really interesting is, is David learns that, uh, that what would we say he learns that uh that progress isn't necessarily a bad thing and i would say jennifer learns that um being a nerd is not necessarily a bad thing either true um yeah. she, she has a very interesting arc where she sort of is into being promiscuous and sexy at the beginning and then sort of as she goes she kind of learns that you know you don't have to kind of give up your smarts to be um to be cool uh and that's sort of her arc and yeah and david's arc is basically progress is not necessarily bad um and ultimately she decides to stay in in the pleasantville world and go to college there um right he decides to go home and uh and embrace what the 90s has to offer Yes. Well, and here is, okay. So, you know, I haven't seen this movie for a long time. The last time I saw it was probably when it came out when I was a kid. So the analogy of the Garden of Eden completely, you know, 
did, I it was too much for me. I completely washed over me. I did not recognize that analogy at all. I mean, watching it now, it was like, oh, wow, it's so obvious. But what we were discussing um, earlier, I mean, not on the podcast, but about how the analogy of the Garden of Eden is almost kind of opposite of the biblical texts, right? Right. Which is that, right. you know, they actually find freedom in in their imperfection right they're like basically it's interesting because i was watching it and in this world they are completely perfect right like everything is perfect the basketball team has never lost a game they don't ever miss a shot there's no rain there's no fires and and what's interesting is that they're not conscious they're not awake they don't have any kind of conscious thought where they're thinking for themselves Mm -hmm. and it's almost like when they get taken to you know think for themselves and what's interesting is that jennifer um is the one that that asks the question i mean right they're like uh in class in the class in the classroom scene they were talking about well where does this road end and it's like oh it loops back around to the beginning of town right so the whole world is their town and doesn't she say doesn't she even say like well what's outside pleasantville and they all look at her like she's insane right but i mean even that like questioning questioning this this town this perfection is not acceptable you know they kind of like laugh at her like oh my gosh an original thought that's crazy Uh you know and she's actually the one that is kind of yeah she's thinking for herself and these people that she's surrounded by they're not conscious of that they're not awake they're not aware of of their own thoughts and i guess it's weird because it's like their thoughts aren't really theirs and then once their thoughts do become theirs that's when they start to to get the disease of color right right um which i thought was really which i thought was really interesting i guess because hmm, yeah and, and it's true though you know like once you become conscious and once you have thought you realize that the world isn't perfect right well what's so interesting and i think you and i have talked about this uh plenty of times before but obviously never on a podcast since this is number one <laughs> but uh, we we've often talked about like the virtue of innocence and uh, and why everyone sort of uh, prizes it. But like if you think about it, innocence is actually can is really like lack of uh, knowledge, right? Right. Um, and and I think that that's what this movie basically is exploring. It's ultimately exploring that just because this world is uh, pure and innocent, it doesn't make mean it's like good (laughs) or but it's not bad either i don't think it's vilifying that world it's just ultimately saying like this world could do with with a a little knowledge and knowledge isn't necessarily uh a bad thing and what's so funny like you say in in the garden of eden the name of the tree is called the tree of knowledge right like ultimately like once they were bestowed knowledge um, they lost their innocence, but in in losing their innocence, they um, they I guess you gain a lot as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a it's a really fascinating uh, concept and story. Well, I guess what you gain is mm, control of your own life. Right, right. You know, and and that's a big responsibility. That's a huge responsibility that, you know, a lot of people are terrified of. Right. I mean, to be responsible of your own life. Yeah. That's 
that's big. You know, I can see why a lot of people would not want to to keep it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To keep that from happening. Right. But what's Um, uh, yeah, I guess the movie is very, very unique. And this, this movie was written by Gary Ross, who yes. uh, also wrote the movie Big. And, and what I was saying to Jane was that um, previous, uh, both movies, uh, Pleasantville and Big, are both movies that are, um, uh, I guess you could say, cliche in a way, Right. Um, that like even in the year of big apparently there were 10 body swap movies that year 10 uh big's the only one we remember uh and i'd say the same idea for pleasantville like i think there are movies like it you know like similar type of movies where someone gets sucked into a thing you know Mm -hmm. um jumanji or whatever like even newer ones isn't it romantic uh they right 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 you know, I think they're, they, they are common, but what's so interesting about Gary Ross is he takes these sort of quote-unquote cliched ideas uh, and, and really turns them on their head and, and speaks on something that is deeply, deeply meaningful. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to dive too deep into Big in case it's another movie we want to do, but, but even in, in Big, it's like uh, the, like he's... Uh, it's it's a it's a study in what does it mean to grow up, and also what does it mean to to value uh, your childhood. And actually, they're almost back to back stories, right? In the one, he's sort of um, saying don't don't rush to let go of your innocence, and in this movie, he's saying it's not necessarily a bad thing to let go of your innocence. Um, right which is great because at the end of the day like they're both true right kids shouldn't have to rush to grow up um but when you do grow up don't fight it (laughs) yeah it is it is it is really interesting i mean yeah pleasantville was just i just the cinematography in it is so beautiful and i feel like such an imaginative premise right like so imaginative and I think that a lot of people would watch this movie and only get the surface level like oh yeah it's about you know racism and they don't like colored people and you know blah 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 but it's I think it's so much more than that you know and yeah I guess that's the obvious yeah yeah yes you know that is 100% the obvious but it actually um yeah, I guess it's it's the thing that the people, the townspeople that haven't, that are still black and white, that haven't exhibited any signs of color or disease, they all don't, they're, they are so adverse to change. They're so adverse to this color. Uh-huh. You know, they don't want to change. And, and the thing is, I think that's true in real life, right? Like, we all don't want to change, you know, we're show new information and the thing is incorporating that information and adapting that information to our our lives is hard work Mm -hmm. you know and so there's this mm, stubbornness when it comes to us and change and when we're confronted with change we see change as work 
And so, of course, we don't want to change, you know. I think humanity in general is very averse to change. It's like the thing that I think people uh, try and avoid at all costs because um because of the work involved yeah i think it upsets your status quo and uh it takes you out of your comfort zone at the end of the day um it does yeah and and what's yeah and i think that's what's done so beautifully in pleasantville because at the end of the day i think the way pleasantville the world of the show is set up is why would you want to change a place that's perfect you know Um, well yeah exactly uh and so and that's, you know, and so that it's really interesting because once colors start appearing um, and uh, and because also in the movie, uh, all the books are empty. <laughs> uh, there's nothing in, there's nothing in them because, again, they don't have any knowledge. So why would there be books? Um, but as as uh, the, the town starts to change, books start to fill in. Uh, kids start going to the library because now they want to read books. Um and uh and 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 obviously art starts to become a thing color starts to become a thing they definitely very much uh go down a a very interesting arc uh about art the uh the cafe owner uh, i guess the diner owner he uh is played by jeff daniels and he's actually really into art uh, and as this stuff starts to progress, he really discovers that that's his deep love. Uh, also, he's in love with David's TV Pleasantville mom. Well, David in Pleasantville is called Bud because they both take over the roles of uh, the two original siblings. So once they enter Pleasantville, they become Bud. And I think, what's her name? Mary Sue? I believe so. Yeah, Mary Sue. Um yeah, and so uh, Bud's mom and uh, and the diner owner are like actually in love with each other, which is super interesting. Um, and and basically, I think once all of all of this uh, these effects start to happen, it sort of starts to open them up, and and as stuff uh, comes into Pleasantville. It's chaotic and it's messy and it's sometimes beautiful, but it's also sometimes uh, uh, destructive. What's interesting is that, you know, Pleasantville is black and white and it's perfect, right? But I guess it kind of in a way represents the lack of free will. Yeah. And then and then once they start having free will. But the thing is, when everything's perfect, everything is temperate. You're just always at, you know, uh, there's a scale of one to ten and they only know five. Exactly. That's all they're ever at. But then once once they start to exhibit their own free will, it's like now that five can go to ten or it can go to one. And the range of emotion is so, so much. I mean, that's living. Right. Right. And then the people that's the experience want, the of people living. want to stay at five. It makes so much sense. Right. It's like, well, yes, sure. I might be able to experience eight, nine and ten. But I, but I could also experience could one and I'd never want to experience one. One, two and three. Exactly. And it's just like, whereas at five, I don't have to worry. Um, and, uh, yeah, and you can understand that argument, right? It's like, well, sure, I might not be able to experience the best, but I don't have to experience the worst then either. Right. I mean, you have to take the good with the bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and in their world, there's only, like, good. There's only... But there's not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
and then there's not bad right you know right yeah um, um yeah so that's kind of an interesting an interesting thing the thing so what do you think about the ending because uh, to me and you know the wife um but Bud's mom but and mary sue's mom yeah mm-hmm. what did you think about where she ended up and what do you think about where all the characters ended up actually all right so again spoilers slash earmuffs if if you care which i'm sure you don't i'm gonna assume if again I think going into episode two, we can all assume, if you're going to be listening to this, you've already watched the movie. Um, yes. So, um, yeah, it was really interesting. I um, So, uh, basically, Bud and Mary Sue's mom, I guess it's implied, ends up with the diner owner. Um, but they, they, oh, do a, they do a really interesting thing because she's sitting on a bench and at first she's sitting next to her husband and he said, what's going to happen now? And she says, I don't know. And then they laugh and then they pull out from her face. And then instead of her husband there, now it's the diner owner. Um, yeah. Well, that was confusing to me. I don't know what they wanted us to think. Right. I mean, maybe, I, and maybe, maybe their whole thing was to choose yourself. Like that's who, what who I was wondering. Want? I was thinking maybe it's his way of saying, "Oh, I'm gonna let you kind of decide which which it is." Um, but who she ends up with, right? So, but the the reason I think ultimately that she ended up with the diner owner, and tell me if you agree or disagree, was um, earlier when when uh, when David slash Bud decides that he's going home, and he goes back into his living room. Uh, and his uh, then girlfriend, his new girlfriend, uh, comes in to give him like a snack for the road, and then the mom comes to say goodbye as well. And uh, Bud slash David says, um, "I thought mm, you weren't coming back here." And she was like, "Well, I had to to come at, at least say goodbye." Um, and so I thought, well, if she wasn't coming back, she's chosen the diner owner. That pretty much why that's why i thought that that that's what that means you know hmm. um but um yeah which i i think makes sense and actually um we can talk well okay real before we before we dive into that what did you think how did you feel about the ending yeah i mean i definitely thought it was a choice that the director was like i want the audience to choose right right who she ends up with i mean i don't know in anyone's mind that she ended up with her husband um because it seemed like she had a soul connection with the 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 diner they just both seemed to be more sensitive souls you know right um, and their connection seemed to be uh, different to that of her and her husband. So, you know, I'm, again, as an audience member, I'm rooting for that connection and right. um, yeah. hoping that she finds happiness with, with him because she doesn't, she wasn't really happy or fulfilled with her husband. Right. Yeah. Which is, uh, and again, like, that's a, what I love about the movie is it sort of just brings in this messiness, right? It's like, it's like, yeah, this world has definitely never seen infidelity or divorce. Um, yeah, definitely uh, not. And so, like, that's a, a massive shock to the system. Yeah, well, they've also never experienced an orgasm. <laughs> right, they've never experienced sexual activity at all. Um, Pleasure, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what you get when you get a five, you know what I mean? Right, but that's what's so funny is that, like, 
you know, this is a married couple. They have children, but like in this world, those children just always existed and they were just always a couple. So like they don't even know. No original sin. Right. So what I love, um, what I also just thought was so interesting about the movie is like basically they kind of explore what makes something go color. Like what makes a person go from black and white to color. And for each person it seemed to be different. Like for, for most of the Pleasantville characters, it was mostly one thing, but not entirely. Right. Um, it was mostly like sexual activity, um, mm-hmm. but not always. Um, Which again is a reference. Right. But what I really liked about that was I think, I think ultimately this is again, my take, you can tell me what you think your take was, but for, for me, I felt like what, what made people go from black and white to um, color was the uh, whatever you are repressing. Um, and, and I think obviously a lot of people uh, were repressing their sexuality. And so that's why that made them go into color. But not everyone. Some people. Well, what's interesting? Well, I okay. I guess I had a different view on that, and I could see why you thought it was, uh, you know, repression right. or whatever they were repressing. I kind of thought it was self awareness. Mm, interesting. Okay. Be- because I don't think they were. They definitely weren't self aware. You know, they weren't even asking questions like, "Where does the end of that road lead?" And the teacher's like, "Oh, you know, just the beginning. Back around. Yeah." Yeah, so they're, like, completely unaware. So it's, like, and I think, obviously, sexual, um, yeah, sexual activity would make you self-aware. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And so I think, uh, and, and you know, obviously the mom, when she, I guess, goes into the bathroom and has a nice uh, no. hot steamy bath. Yeah. Um, she then, you know, gets, she turns color and, and. And again, when um, Mary Sue starts reading a book, like that's when she she turns color exactly. She because I think she's becoming self aware of who she is. You know, like she isn't that slutty popular girl that wanted to be popular. She is actually she has a mind of her own. She's interested and curious about things and subjects, and that's what turns her color. And you know what's interesting? Actually, I think I think it was the combo for her when she turns color because she, because um uh the hot guy shows up and is like, let's, you know, let's go have sex. And she's have like, fun, oh, yeah. I, I want to stay in and read a book. <laughs> right. Um, and then she reads the book and then in the morning she's color. And I think, it was, mm-hmm. I think it was the combo of the choice, not just to read the book, but to turn down sex to do, to read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately that, uh, you know what I think it is. I think it's ultimately embracing who you are. Uh, that, that, um, who you really are and and like you were saying i mean that is self-awareness right if you if you can wear then you know who you really are then you know who you are yeah um and so i think your your um view and my view on it are actually kind of similar because what, when you're suppressing something you're usually suppressing something that makes you you um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because you know later on bud still doesn't know why he hasn't turned color and uh but then he figures it out and I think it's when he uh, stands up for his mom. His TV mom. His TV mom. That's when he turns color. Um, and and I think that's sort of his realization, like, um, you got to cut your mom some slack. You know, your real mom had a very 
had a similar story, but I think he just like didn't give a shit about his own mom, you know? Um, well, he was too involved with the, the escapism of Pleasantville. Yeah, exactly. I think he just wanted to escape her and he didn't want to have any sympathy for her. Um, and then this mom, he did. And I think in so doing, it kind of woke him up to to that thing that he's been avoiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and And then he turns color. And then what's great is, so interesting is that like he gets the dad on the his Pleasantville dad, William H. Macy, to uh, turn color by uh, acknowledging his grief um, at, at the loss of his wife. Uh, and, and that turns him color, which is interesting. And again, I just think it's like, basically, yeah, you sort of have to, you have to face the thing I think that you're most scared of. You have to confront it. Right, and then, and then, color color becomes you and i think the same for the mayor that he ends up getting to turn color like that guy is trying to keep everything pleasant at all times so he won't let himself get angry um and this and and he pushes him until he can't but gets under his skin yeah until he can't help himself makes him angry and then he goes color because again it's like something he's been trying to avoid um and so that's been that was like really fun i I really sort of loved sort of following that this time watching the movie just kind of uh understanding what color represents um yeah well i definitely thought about it a lot more in terms of its symbolism and what it is representing you know right right um yeah it was yeah i guess it's yeah, yeah, I mean, look, the movie is also just so fascinatingly um, littered with like a biblical reference. Um, like when the mo- when mom has an orgasm, the tree outside sets fire. It's the first fire that Pleasantville has ever seen. Um, and and that's sort of an, an, a, a, a like a visual reference of the burning bush, right? Mm-hmm. Um. It's so interesting, but like, I think even in that scene alone, it's sort of saying, "With the good can come the bad," you know. Like, you kind do of you know what it. else is interesting? Yeah, and I haven't thought about this until now. It's that once they turn color, they all feel shame. Right, right. Which is exactly how it happens in the Bible, right? They notice that they're naked, right, and they feel ashamed. Very true. Yeah, exactly. Once they have the knowledge, all of a sudden comes the shame right i mean when you don't have the knowledge there's nothing to be sh- ashamed about right ashamed about. right exactly but once you know then it's like oh no now i'm not innocent like them you know right um and then you're ashamed of that yeah totally wow i the mean I, I will say i know right i will say and it, it's interesting because i do think movies like this are effective on such a subconscious level right that you know you enjoy it but you can't really articulate why you enjoy it and i feel like there is a truth like a universal truth to these stories that have been you know in our collective unconscious or whatever subconscious consciousness whatever for years and years like millennia maybe not millennia but thousands of years because of myths and biblical stories so it's kind of like i don't know ingrained in our 
subconscious somewhere in our DNA somewhere. Right, right. This is something universally true about um, the stories that I think uh, we find meaningful, and and I think we'll 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 be seeing that as we go through uh, these next episodes, um, and we break up these. What'll be fun, I think, too, is um, once we start to uh, get movies that uh, we haven't seen uh, or that maybe don't work for us. And I think uh, both you and I have have um, learned just as much from movies that don't work as as we have for movies that do work. And obviously, I think both you and I would agree that this is definitely a movie that does work, obviously. But I, I, down the line, we will be going into movies that don't work, not necessarily on purpose, but sometimes, you know, we're hoping that, you know, uh, we'll get recommendations for movies and sometimes we'll like them and sometimes we won't, but um, also we want to open it up for debate. Obviously we're hoping that all three of you listeners out there will, (laughs) will uh, tell us if you agree um, with our, our, uh, our view on Pleasantville. Uh, and if not, well, why not? We haven't actually, I mean, we've been analyzing the symbolism and whatnot, but we haven't actually said why we feel it's satisfying. And I think it's satisfying because David's journey feels traveled. It feels lived in. You know, he is this boy at the beginning of the movie who is a dork and nerdy and a timid, won't ask a girl out, and basically escapes into a per- the perfect world of Pleasantville by watching, you know, this tv right show all day long he knows everything about that world and he can barely engage in the world his reality yeah right? his reality and then his, he gets to avoid conflict by living in this alternate reality right and so then when he gets when he gets placed into pleasantville as his character that he likes you right know, yeah I mean, he really tries to stick with it and try because he knows the show so well. Mm-hmm. He tries to play into all of those beats of that episode that he knows his character does. Like he knows his character. Um, what is that like? I well, hmm, I I don't remember exactly. I mean, he knows, but the character know- has a job uh, at the right. station. He knows. He knows. Um, well, he knows the girl that wants to give him cookies doesn't give him cookies. Yeah. He gives she gives those cookies to another character and he's really pushing her to give those cookies to the other character that he knows right. happens in the episode, right? So he's like really trying to follow the script and he doesn't want to deviate exactly. from that script. Absolutely. And that just speaks to his character ultimately. Like I don't want conflict. I don't want um to have to deal with stuff. I just want to live at at at, at, want, at a five, right? <laughs> yeah, I want to live in a perfect world where I don't have to think about anything, right. where I don't have to make decisions, where I don't have to engage. Right. Yeah. Like it's all thought out for me and I'm just going through the motions and and that's fine, but that's not mm, that's not a very satisfying life. Yeah. But what's so great is not only do I think is is David slash Bud's story really uh satisfying i think so is mary sue slash jennifer um totally they both have really satisfying stories and obviously like you know david's the the star but um but jennifer's storyline is equally as interesting in fact i don't know i would argue even more interesting (laughs) 
Right. It's just really fun to see her kind of go in and like completely mess up this world. And you are in Bud's head where you're like, oh my God, stop messing up the world. It's so perfect. Why don't, don't mess with it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But it's great. She even has a line, like maybe it needs to be messed with. Maybe these people don't want to be... Uh, uninteresting. Uninteresting. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's And it's so great because like, you can understand. Well, and I think she says they're boring. Yeah, she's like, maybe they don't want to be boring, David. Did you ever think of that? <laughs> like, um, yeah. And and I think that's just David's worst nightmare because, like, I think he what he really um, prizes, and I think it speaks so much to society in general is what we all prize is this um, innocence. Like somehow, innocence is better. Um, well, I, but I think what that innocence represents is security. Right. You know, and I think maybe coming from a divorced home, he doesn't feel that security. And this perfect world offers him. Right. Well, nothing, nothing bad can happen there. And so that's why right. that's a better place to be. It's a, yeah, absolutely. Right. It's 100% a better place to but be. But what you forget, like you just said earlier, what you forget is if nothing bad can happen, also nothing great can happen either. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, his his character arc is incredibly satisfying. And at the end of the movie, you know, he comes to realize because he get, he basically gets out of the TV show, is back in reality, is back in the 90s and has a discussion with his mom. Right. For the first time, probably in years or maybe ever. Right. And he has sympathy because he asks her what's wrong. Right. You know, he he actually engages with her and it's it's something that he never did before. Exactly. Yeah. And so you see that change that Pleasantville brought him in his current life now in the 90s. Right. Um, you know, the thing is, like, I don't know if I necessarily uh, liked Mary Sue staying in Pleasantville. Uh-huh. I mean, that does involve some plot holes, you know. It definitely does. I mean, you leave the, you like, you end the movie and you're like, uh, what's mom going to say when it's just like, well, Jennifer's gone forever. (laughs) Right. You you know? uh, Yeah. So, so, um, so there's that, like, I didn't really enjoy that, but I mean, I, again, like if she would have come back, then it's like, we know what the story would have been. She would have turned down the guy that she was supposed to be going on a date right. with in, in lieu of, you know, like studying or something. I mean, I can understand, yeah. I can understand why he did it because he wanted to tie the movie up quicker. You know, like if, totally. if she had to come home, we'd have to have a scene of her in school and like choosing uh, not to be popular or not to go with the popular kids and like go to the library instead or something. You know what I mean? We'd have to like see all that play out. Um, well, okay. Here's the thing though. I, I think if that was the case and they were worried about time, I would have offered the option of instead of they go back 10 minutes before they actually got into the TV show. Uh-huh. So in that case, that would the be boy 10 still minutes shows before. Up and, yeah, yeah, yeah. The boy still shows up and she's like, no, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Could have been as satisfying. And- So, yeah. 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 You probably could have written it in a way where maybe she did have like a huge test and she's like blowing that off, you know, and she's like, what's his name's coming over tonight? And then maybe, you know, when, like you say, they could have come home 
and she could have been like, I'm sorry, I have to study. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I think there was, there's definitely a way to do it, and I wonder why they left her in Pleasantville. Right. Um, but I, the other thing... Well, it's so funny, because I will say, like, there's a part of me that didn't like her being left in Pleasantville because of the plot hole that it creates. There's another part of me that's like, oh, my God, I would watch the TV show of her going to college in, like, the 50s. <laughs> Oh, like a sequel. Right, yes. Or like a TV show sequel and just like every episode of like this 90s girl living in a 50s TV show world <laughs> in college um, and how fun that would be. Oh, that's kind of fun because then it's like <laughs> the sequel could be like her going to college or whatever and maybe she's making a bad decision and so David goes back in to that TV show to help her. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mary Sue, the college years. <laughs> yeah something like that would be fun um yeah so i mean there's there's that 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 was one thing that popped well that was a little bit unsettling i guess for me right. or not as that as yeah um, like left a little bit of a, a hole for you well and i also would have loved to just like as a little nod as when David he comes back to the 90s to have that marathon be running but now see it in color right yeah that was also interesting to me I was like I wonder if like after he leaves the show if you were to like watch the show now it would it be a different show or would it be the same show yeah I would have I mean I would have loved I would have loved that like maybe like maybe he would be super excited to watch the series again because it's not at all the perfect world that he remembered. Right. I wonder, I also wonder if it could have, I mean, it would have been, it would have had to be written pretty differently, but like if it could have been a little bit Wizard of Ozzy. Um, and I know you haven't seen the Wizard of Oz. Don't at her, everybody. <laughs> all three of you. I hate, no, no, I have seen the Wizard of Oz. I hate the Wizard oh, of Oz. Oh, you've seen it? Yes. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen it. But you know I don't like I, fantasy. Yes, Jane is not a fantasy person. Uh, but, um, but yeah, just speaking of The Wizard of Oz, because it's kind of a similar story, right? It's actually kind of reverse. Like, they go from color to black and white. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but she, you know, she, like, wakes up in the super colorful world. She um, has this whole experience it makes her a better person and she wakes up and, and it was all a dream um and i wonder if you could have done that you know like if actually david had dreamt the whole thing um i would have hated that <laughs> well then i'm glad they didn't <laughs> i will tell you right now i feel like that is the i mean look i I don't like Wizard of Oz, but I will forgive it because it was probably one of the first movies to have that ending where you wake up and it's all a dream. Right, um, right, right. But because it's been done, it's kind of like, Actually, you know, Mary saying that uh, the Holy Ghost impregnated her. It can only happen once and then you can't use it again. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean... But yeah, that would have, I mean, in my mind, I was thinking it might be interesting because it's like you learned such an interesting and valuable lesson, but was it real? You know, like, um, hmm. and that's kind of an interesting thing to, to look at, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I feel like the movie kind of does still end on that, like, wait, was it all real? Is Jennifer still in the show? Like, was he imagining it? Like, you know? But you know it was. I think they really do commit to the fact that it was real because when it comes back, uh, the jacket that his girlfriend gave him is on the chair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think they, they try and make it pretty clear that it was unequivocally real. Yeah. Um. Well, but the thing is, like, I hate that ending because then it feels like I just went on this journey for nothing. Right. right because right. if it's not real, if it's not actually experienced then what's the point you know like yeah it's like when you experience something you're learning something if i mean yeah i guess i have dreams all the time but i'm not like you know what i'm gonna change the way i'm living now because i had that dream (laughs) about that goldfish and now i'm gonna change my whole life like no right although you know it has been argued that that has influenced people to make massive changes in their lives um dreams um, but it's so funny because I'm going to now mention another fantasy thing that I know you hate, but <laughs> in Harry Potter, what? in Harry Potter, there's a scene um, where Harry thinks he might be in heaven, but he doesn't know that he is. Um, and again, spoilers for Harry Potter people, in case you haven't read it or you're planning on reading it, earmuffs. But um he meets Dumbledore, who at that point is dead. And so Harry assumes he must be dead as well. Otherwise, how could he be seeing him? And they have like a whole long talk. uh, And at at the end of the discussion, basically, he says to Dumbledore, is this uh, real or is this happening in my head? And Dumbledore says, well, just because it happens in your head, it doesn't mean it isn't real. I know. I, you know what's funny is I haven't seen that, and I I imagine Dumbledore saying, "What's the difference?" Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I really like that um, uh, because ultimately, like, uh, I like the message that basically imagination and you know, like that that they are connected. And and you and I have talked on it like about this uh, existentially that like reality is kind of what you create it to be. You know. For sure. And so I think that that is an interesting concept that I think could have been explored. I mean, I'm, I don't think it, it's, uh, the movie lacks anything for not exploring it, but it's, it's an interesting idea anyway. Um, so we're, we are approaching an hour. Right. Which I think should be, uh, what our episode times are. I guess they can sort of be whatever they want to be, but I think we should aim for an hour, generally speaking. Yes, and I also feel like, you know, um, our listeners will be like, these two need to shut up. They're talking too long. Just finally end this stuff right now. Well, look, we we definitely, if we're lucky, started with three. And if all three stuck around, I highly doubt it. So for the one listener who's still listening, um, please, you know, check in with us. Tell us your thoughts, uh, what you thought of Pleasantville. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree with us? uh, is it um, if you disagreed with us why like is it a movie you didn't like and why didn't it work for you uh, you know the one listener will not comment on Pleasantville they'll probably comment on how Jane hates fantasy and the Wizard of Oz and, how and Harry Potter 
And yes, and Harry Potter and how she has no credibility now. So F you, goodbye. Uh, that's true. I'll just We will have lost our one fan in one fell swoop. You know what? This this Jade woman is awful. Never listening again. <laughs> she has no credibility. So true. So very true. Well, look, we don't have uh, any social media set up just yet, but um, we will. Uh, so I guess you can't tell us how you feel <laughs> because we don't have uh, we don't have any accounts for you to message us on. But one day we will. And the point is, you know, I feel like this was a little we were test we were test driving this whole podcast thing, right? So hopefully I, we weren't all over the place. It kind of felt like we were all over the place. We'll try to streamline our, our thoughts a little bit better. Yes, but it, I mean, it's a it's a it's a lot of movie with a lot of concepts and a lot of stuff to dissect. So very true. And we'll iron out the kinks, I think, as we go. Um, but we'll definitely try and, uh, and have some social media and uh, emails and things set up for next time. So all one of you who are still listening, if you want to contact us definitely tune in for the next podcast and we will uh give you all of that information as well oh and last thing if you guys have any movies you want us to watch please start sending them in again when you have a way to send them to us yeah we would love to watch people's favorite movies or i don't know their top five favorite movies right yeah and discuss yeah yeah we definitely want you to tell us you know oh this movie was meaningful to me i want you to check it out and we've got a list going we've we've reached out to a couple of our friends and and so we have a a a list of movies that we can uh, keep working through in the meanwhile but hopefully we'll start to get some from you as well and we'll mix and match yeah so that was it for for this episode one Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time on the Anonymous Movie Podcast.